looking to take your business or your brand to the next level? Want to make a name for yourself and share what you do best with a bigger audience? There's never been a more exciting time to jump in. Welcome to Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. Your hosts are Terry Trespicio and Paula Rizzo. With their combined media experience and top-notch guests, Paula and Terry will get you ready to shine. Here are your hosts, Terry and Paula. Hey there. Welcome, welcome to Lights, Camera, Expert, Unleash Your Expertise. I'm Paula Rizzo. And I'm Terry Gispicio. And every week on this show, we show you how to tap your expertise and take it out into the world so that you can grow your brand and your business. Last week, we spoke with PR genius, Peter Shankman, who is also Mm -hmm. quite the character. And he introduced you to some of the key concepts and misconceptions about media. We've talked to a lot about what producers and editors are looking for and what they're avoiding, like the plague. (laughs) That is the most important (laughs) distinction, right? What is it that they want? But most uh, more important is what they don't want, right? Right. But uh, one of the themes that ongoing for, for you and I is that the media is not just for people who are better, smarter, none of that, right? People think, why are they there and not me? Anyone can do media if you know how it works. And when you come down to it, it's not, it's not much more difficult than just knowing how to pitch or, you know, sort of uh, position yourself to anyone. So it's not only about the media, but you could pitch, you could use the same kind of tools and the things that we teach you here to pitch anyone, right? An investor, an audience, a client. You just have to make what you're selling compelling and have them be excited about it. Absolutely. And yeah, this is all about, it's not even like you pitch an industry. You have this idea that like, I have to pitch the media as if all the media (laughs) will be in one room waiting for you. No, it's one person at a time. And uh, yeah, that means you have to learn to talk to another person and be able to talk about yourself, which can be and is very uncomfortable for some people. Other people have no problem with it at all. It can be nerve wracking. Yes. Yeah. Because what mm-hmm. are you afraid of? You're afraid of coming off like a big blowhard, looking like you're too salesy or too self-serving. Um, too pushy. Happens, too pushy. What happens is if you're afraid of being too pushy, what ha- you end up undermining your efforts. Later on in the show, we're going to be speaking to one of our favorite experts, Elise mm-hmm. Bennett, a.k.a the marketing mentor who has made a career in business out of helping people make a case for their expertise and ensure that they not only get chosen, but that they get paid as well. That's a big part of what Elise does. Well, yeah, it's not just about getting picked. That's nice. Uh, Media oftentimes won't pay you, right? So it won't be like you're going to be paid for your appearances most often. Um, But it's just that you can use that then to leverage other things. Uh, And getting paid is sort of a big deal, right? So we're both blown away by Elise. We've known her for years. And you'll see why. She's very practical, which I appreciate very much, uh, and straightforward. And in fact, one of the things about her is that her practical information is Unbelievable, because it's stuff that you can use right away and you can see the difference. You'll see what we mean when we talk to her, but really she can help you pivot so much so much more easily so that you can get past this fear of self-promotion because it doesn't feel good to anybody, not at first, but when you look at it through the lens of, oh, I'm actually helping people and this is to you know be a public service, it's yes. much different when you come in it from that place, which is what she does. Um, and yeah. you're able to, to get more attention for your business and, and you don't have to be braggy or uncomfortable. It's just like, look, let me help you this out. what I do. And, and that's, that's the key, too, because you think uh, you have to be a certain kind of personality 
to share what you do, Paula. We know that that isn't mm. the case. What I, you love her, right? Of course, I do too. But the practicalness of what she teaches, like, yes, you do it. And people say, oh, you know, it's so funny. It's like, there's practical stuff and then there's the inspiring stuff. People think of practical and then inspiring is like the, the like whipped cream on top. But what Elise is, is fond of saying is, the practical should be actually the most inspiring because it should make you feel that you can do it too. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're going to feel. That's my goal for us today. Anyway, Paula, is that anyone who's listening to this is going to feel that when they, when they finish listening, they have something they can do now. Right Uh, now, you know, Elise is an expert networker. And again, when you're networking and you're talking to people you don't really know that well, you're kind of pitching. You're not hard pitching, like selling people on you, but you have to talk about who you are. And uh, there's a myth that you have to be, say, oh, extroverted to be really into networking and pitching the media and that everyone else who's introverted has no chance. I don't believe that. Do you? Well, it is. It's tough, right? It's tough for anybody. Like networking. Anybody. Yeah, networking is difficult for everybody, but if you are much more introverted than extroverted, that of course is, a, is an issue or can be, but it doesn't have to be. I mean, did you read the book uh, Quiet by Susan no, King? That is a book that's been on my list for a while. You like that book? I do like that book. I met Susan years ago when the book first came out um, through Women's Media Group, which is actually how we met Elise oh, yeah, all these yes. years ago, right? So Terry and I exactly. belong to this group here uh, in New York City um, with women um, from all, all kinds of media, mostly publishing, but um, they host these these lunches. And Susan was one of the uh, guest speakers. And you know, she says that at least one third of people are introverts. And so she's been able to use being introverted to really shine and really get out there. And and it's funny because she has, I always love the list of celebrities. Like when I wrote my book about um, lists, it was like, who are the, who are the main celebrities who are list makers? Like Madonna and uh, Richard Branson. But the introverts are Rosa Parks, Chopin, Dr. Seuss. I love it. And look, they all, they all shine. They all get, they get out there. Um, well, I gotta ask you, do you think of yourself as an introvert? I, 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 is, is there a way to be half and half? I feel a little well, half yeah. and half. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, it, I think we're hybrid. Depends. Yeah. I think I'm a hybrid because there are times when I really know, like I'm a Leo. So Leos are very extroverted for the most part. Um, so there are days and times when I'm like, oh, I got to be front and center. I have to get out there. I have to be the one. And then there are times when it's like, Mm-mm, don't want to talk to anybody. Don't want to say a thing. Just want to be home. Just, you know, well, that's it, it depends. I think of it as I think of myself as an introvert. But when we use the term introverted, we think, oh, someone who can't socialize. The thing about introverts, and this is why I say this, as someone who, and this is the way I define introvert anyway, I'm not the only one, but where you get your energy from. I get drained when I'm around too many people for too long. I find my power being alone. And the reason I think you're an introvert is because you also really love your alone time. I do. Like, And we need that to be able Mm -hmm. to function, right? But when it's time for Terry and Paula to go out and like put on the dog and pony show, like we're good yep. at that too. We show up. Yeah. But we need hours of time preparing and then recuperating from that. Mm, right. So, it's very hard to be on all the time. And that's the problem right. with networking of any kind. You really have to go in and it's like, it's a show. This is the time, right? You're pitching yourself, your idea, your, you know, you want people to like you, but you also want to get business out of it probably. Um, right. And so that can be really, you know, it could be nerve wracking. It can. I just want, I just want people to know that if, well, I want people to not define themselves like, oh, I'm introvert. I can't do that. Mm. I want, you to know, that like connecting. And first of all, the thing that introverts thrive on and do really well in is one-on-one 
connection. And if you're good with one-on-one, and even if you don't hold court at a party, uh, you can be really good at pitching and really good at networking too, because you're really good at the one-on-one connection, right? I feel mm-hmm. good at the one-on-one. Um, and I want, I just don't want people to be held back to think, well, I'm this way, so I can't do that. Right. That's, that's that excludes me. You know, it's interesting because I talked about Women's Media Group and one of the things that they do before all of their meetings, they have these lunches in Manhattan, is that they do a little bit of networking right before the lunch, before the speaker shows up. And I, at the time, was, you know, working at Fox News and I would leave in the middle of the day to go to these lunches. And when I first started doing it, so this must have been, I mean, how long do you think I've been in that group? Maybe five years? Oh my or God. Something like oh, that? Oh no, okay. longer because you brought you me think? in. I, yeah, it was, you've been in it almost over six years you've been a member. Wow. Okay. So that's when I was like, you know, about to start thinking about, you know, pitching, uh, doing my book and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I would go and I mean, it's such a lovely group, but I kind of dreaded it because it was that networking piece up front that you was like, it? yeah, but I forced myself to do it because I knew I wasn't good at it. And so I said, okay, this is what's happening. I'm going to go because I didn't know very many people, you know, You're it was good like, at it. it just takes the kind of effort that drains you. Well, yeah. And, and so people think, oh, you're really good at this. Yeah. But you know, it's effort, it's work. It's not like I'm naturally good at it. You know, it's still, you have to push yourself to do it. And so uh, just a little behind the curtain there, you know, I kind of dreaded it, but now I'm better at it. Now, you know, more people in the group and it's more fun and the whole thing. But when you go in cold anywhere, it's really, really difficult. So for me as a list person, I would always have like a list Ah. of three things. Any, anytime I would go in to talk to new people, it would be the, what are you working on? Because people always ask that, even though we always say you shouldn't ask a producer that because they'll hate you forever. But at but a party. At a party. At anywhere. Yeah. It's a, what are you working on right now? So like, what's an interesting story or something that I was working on? Something that I could bring up. Was there a shoot that I was just on that was interesting? What are you looking for? Like, if, is, is mm. there something else that you're looking for? And then what are you looking forward to doing? Those were always well, those my things. Like, That'll fill yeah. an hour. <laughs> totally. And, you know, my, my, my journalistic way, Mm -hmm. I would always just ask a lot of questions. Just be really curious, really find out about the other person. That's the key. That's the answer because then there's no awkwardness of what are they thinking of you. If you show an interest in someone, please, every person you talked to at that party felt so seen and heard by you. Like they really, they really wanted to, you know, talk to you because you were listening to them. Mm -hmm. You have to be careful though sometimes. That was really awkward. No one was (laughs) (laughs) But you have to be careful about asking too many questions too, because then you come off as just asking questions and then you end up feeling, and this has happened to me a lot as a journalist, you end up feeling like no one cares about what you do because you've just asked so many questions, you found out about them and then they're worn out. (laughs) So they're not really asking questions back. So you have to, it does have to be a give and take conversation. Let's say those again. What are you working on? So what are you in the middle of now? What are you looking for? Yeah. What are you looking for? And what are you looking forward to doing? I yes. love those as just any party, anywhere you end up, it's a great way to get interested in someone. Um, I feel like, and I love to yak it up with people, but when I'm right walking in the door of any kind of event, I groan inwardly and I just go, oh God, it feels mm. like an uphill push. And I go, oh God, really? this is going to be work. And I walk in and then you, again, you have to push yourself through the door. And once I get going, and for me, glass of wine never hurt it does well lubricate your social uh you know your social abilities but again in the middle of Manhattan with the siren what I do is I would since I hosted a radio show for a while and I found that I could talk to anyone 
when I was the host because they were there to be my guests, right? And they looked to me to make them comfortable. So one tip that I share when you're going to be networking with people is that I would sort of pretend I was uh, the Oprah of them. <laughs> like I pretend I was the Barbara Walters, kind of mm-hmm. like you would know, ask questions. But in my mind, I'd also pretend in my mind that this was my show or my party. So I felt at ease, like, oh, it's my job to make you feel relaxed here. And people buy it. People really think, oh, wow, she's very relaxed here. Even if I wasn't, I said, I'm going to act this way because if I act this way, I'll believe it. Mm. So I would pretend they were my, my guests and I'd be like, so what's going on? Can I get you something to drink? Or, but like, I sort of felt like if I took care of them, it would take away that awkwardness. And I found that helped me. Not unlike when you pitch the media, just take care of them, give them what they need. That's right. Be a resource, be a nice person, host something for them, right? That's do it for them. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing that would would really, I mean, make any producer or editor happy is to have somebody, a guest or somebody who comes in and says, Hey, I know what you need. And guess what? I have that. Anticipating need, then you're saying, is a big way to get on the good side of media. Mm. Yeah, that's what you're exactly. Saying. Yeah, so and I always what someone do for you. Like, what what made you feel like, wow, this person's really taking care of you when you were a producer, and someone pitched you? What like, what would be an example of someone anticipating your need without seeming too much to pry into your work day? Too pushy. Um, you know, it's really somebody who takes an interest in the types of stories that you're doing. So, uh, uh, one of the I, I have to go back to. Um, do you remember um, Nagina? Yeah, of course. Who does, okay, so Nagina um, Abdullah does this amazing um, masala body is her, is her brand. And I had met her at a party and she threw this party for people where she would teach you basically how to, how to cook. To, it was, She's she a weight loss within, expert, right? Yeah, she works with ambitious women who want to lose weight, right? So she invited me to this party just to see what she does and all this stuff. And she does this cooking party. So we go, I show up and I think, you know, as always, you get invited as a Fox News producer. It's because they want to pitch they you, They want right? you to see what they do. I get it, right? I get invited to a lot of cool parties that way, but um, <laughs> it was never like that with her. What do you mean? She never put pitched me once. There was she no hard you. sell. There was no, there was nothing. There was a, do you like this dish? What do you think of this? What do you think? She was the host of this party and she really was just like wonderful and welcoming. And I was the one who was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is, this could be a great story. This is awesome. It, mm. it, it make, puts you in a different frame when you're not being like chased. See, she wasn't pushing you because you were there. You were mm-hmm. there at her thing. She didn't have to try so hard. I mean, first well, of all, exactly. it's a big deal that she got you there. Yes. And you know what? I came up with an idea for her. We did a, a segment on, um, I think it was like the five spices that will help you lose weight. She uh, gravitates towards Indian spices because she's Indian. And I said, hey, uh, you know, why don't we why don't we do the five spices for weight loss? And we did it. We did a whole segment at Fox. It was awesome. And then from there, you know, because media begets more media, she ended up getting even more media from that. And people were then asking to do that. And she said, you know, it was so interesting because you you honed in on the spices. She had all these other things that she was sort of, you know, thinking about and, and talking about. But it was this for me, it was the spices. And it really ended up being a, a great segment. And we're still friends to this day. And it was collaborative. Uh, it was, yeah. And she didn't try to convince you. I think convince is the key thing. As soon as convince and persuade, that's never what you want to do when you're trying to get really anyone interested or, but particularly media, since that's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't try to convince Paula that she should do a story. No one wants it because on her, if you push, her automatic is to push back and to push away. And that's what you have to, I want people to understand. That's the thing about journalists too, is that they are there to be a neutral and trying to be unbiased 
assessing information and what's what's good. And if you try to convince them, that means you're trying to get them to be what they pride themselves on being. You're trying to get them to not be. You're trying to get them to be on your side. It'll never work because they push harder at you to stay neutral. And then you mm-hmm. feel that they're rejecting you when really what they're trying to do is, hey, please let me assess this as an unbiased party. And that's what you're always trying to do, right? Because you have to think for yourself. You can't go, oh, she was nice to me. I'll do a story. Please. No. That's not how you do no. stories. And, you know, journalists really want to find the next best thing, right? So we want to uncover yeah. something really exciting that maybe other people don't know about. So, Paul, what about you, though, when you pitch yourself? Like when you someone says, well, hey, nice to meet you. What do you do? What do you say now? I know. Well, it was so easy when I would just say I'm a senior health producer for Fox News Channel. Really easy. But then when you queen, hello. Now that right. Kiss the (laughs) ring. Now when you're. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Now, when you're out on your own, it's a different story. So I've been tweaking this, but, you know, I basically tell people that I help experts and entrepreneurs who want to get media attention. And I teach them how to present better on camera, how to pitch stories that the media cares about, and how to create compelling videos and podcasts and all kinds of That's terrific because anyone who's talking to you will go, oh, really? And it gives them something else to ask questions about because at least they understand what you do. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the biggest thing, right? It's it's like where can where can they fit you in? What about you though, Terry? I mean, you've been doing this for for a while. You've been yeah, but I uh, changed my answer. Own. I changed my answer. All Depending, time. please, all the time. I've over this past six years, I say something different every six months. But that's because I was trying on different things, and it's a good mm. idea to try on different things. But what I say now is usually, um, I help people figure out what makes them different and unique and how to articulate that, literally how to put their brand message into words so that they attract the right audience. And I've really, it's taken me a while to get to that specific thing, but now I know that is what I'm best at. So that's what I lead with. Exactly. But that's, that's the what key. Everyone want. tries to go, I do this, I do that. They try to be like juggling. Like I do a million things. It's like, well, no, now I don't know what to do with you. Always mm. let people know what to do with you. And it's really hard when people are not a doctor or a lawyer. Like you, th- you know what a doctor or a lawyer does. Yeah, everybody, everybody, everything else, it's a, little, it's a little hard. It's a little slippery. But coming up, stick with us because Elise Bennon is going to be here. She's the marketing mentor. She is pitching down to a science. She's made a career out of helping solopreneurs and business owners pitch what they do to other people without feeling weird or salesy <laughs> about it. That's coming up in a few minutes. So stick around. You're listening to Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine for a minute what it would be like to step onto the set of a show that you've been watching forever or see your name in a magazine you actually read. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? Well, here's the secret. Those experts you see on TV and in magazines aren't smarter than you. They just know how to get the media to pay attention. And it's something you can learn. I'm Paula Rizzo. And I'm Terry Gispicio. And we've been behind the scenes at major media outlets for years, booked thousands of guests, and have been featured ourselves on TV, radio, and everywhere else. We know how this works. We'll show you how to crack the media code, craft your pitch, and crush it on air. Get our free video course, How to Be a Media Magnet. You'll learn how the media thinks and how to pitch your idea so you get booked. You have something to say and the world is ready to hear it. Go to BeAMediaMagnet.com to get our free course. That's BeAMediaMagnet.com. 
Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Reach us by email at info at lightscameraexpert.co. Now back to this week's show. Hello, welcome back. I'm Terry Chispicio here with my partner, Crime Paula Rizzo. And hello. And today we're talking about pitching yourself to other people, which is really all that pitching comes down to, whether you're sharing what you do with a prospect, a producer, or someone you meet at a party. And it's not necessarily easy for everyone, and I know that, but it is so worthwhile. And our guest today has this down to a science. Joining us now is a woman whom I not only admire tremendously, but who has changed my life in many ways. It's true. Elise Bennett is the author of seven books. What were you doing the past few years? Elise was writing seven books, including The Creative Professional's Guide to Money, a business, uh, she's a business mentor and coach, a national speaker, the founder of marketing-mentor.com host of the Get Better Clients Bootcamp, and she's a program partner for How Design Live for any creative professional folks out there. She is one of the people who decides who speaks there. She's also adjunct faculty at Pratt and the Maryland Institute College of Art. Elise, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Well, we talk, We were just trading elevator pitches earlier, so we want to know, Elise, how do you describe what you do? I generally say I teach creative professionals how to get better clients with bigger budgets. Ooh. Mm. Oh, that's a good one, right? I like it. That's pretty solid and right there. That's everything. That's everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it you're you're talking about the elevator pitch, which basically isn't about saying everything you do. You just read my bio, so that's everything I do, but that has really right. nothing to do with my elevator pitch, right? My elevator pitch for me is usually a, a combination of uh, trying to uncover the pain and the effect of the work that I do, not the pain of the work that I do, but the pain <laughs> of the person. <laughs> right. Sometimes it hurts a little to get over some <laughs> bumps or change these mindsets. It's true. But I want to identify, I want to pitch with the pain because that's what people feel most and that's what they respond most to. So when I say better clients with bigger budgets, I imply the pain, which is you don't have very good clients and they don't have very big budgets. And I can help you change that. Mm. Well, when we talk about pain, this can be a little bit of an emotional hurdle for a lot of people talking about what we do, pitching it to other people, but you're pretty unemotional about it. You're just, uh, (laughs) you're like, here it is. This is what it is. So how do we counter the fears here? At least give us the secret. 
All right. Well, the short answer is just stop being afraid because it's all in your head and you have to get out of your head into the real world. And, Mm. you know, when you were talking about networking, I was thinking, I think one of you said, it's like a show. You have to be on all the time. And I totally disagree because that's the problem is that you think Mm. you're performing. But the reality is that, I mean, I'm looking for an opening. When I talk to people, no matter who I'm talking to, I'm looking for an opening because I know I'm not going to connect with everyone. I'm not going to appeal to everyone. I'm not going to be able to solve the problems of everyone, even if they have the problem, but now is not the right time to solve it. So it's all about timing, too. So when I go to a networking event or any event, really, I'm just looking for what can I learn about someone so that to see if there's an opening. And so actually, when I do my elevator pitch, I usually ask the other person first yeah. what who they are and what they do so that I can tailor it to something that they might have said. And that gives you a little bit more information. Mm. Ah, so you know That's what a I good call tip. That? The after you elevator pitch. Yes, I like that. <laughs> Take a step inside first, <laughs> and then I'll tell you what they do. As I'm going to use that, Terry. After yeah. you, after you elevator pitch, please. I'll send you a bill. It's no problem. <laughs> um, I love it. Well, and you know what? I, I got to ask you this too. Actually, when we were talking about introvert extrovert. It's very easy to just decide that a personality type that someone else came up with determines your success. And I know that's not true. Do would you consider yourself? Do you use those labels, introvert extrovert, or no? No, absolutely not. You don't use them. Good. I refuse to label myself. Ah. I love that. (laughs) Love it. Well, of course, uh, you have a practical approach to doing this. Um, And the unemotional is really key because getting emotional about it, something never really helped us do it. And what really attracted Paula to this, of course, is that you have a list. You have a list. A good list. A good list of how to start to change our approach to pitching. At least that's what I believe this is. And it starts with the right mindset. Talk to us about that. So the right mindset is along the lines of what I was saying, getting out of your head and into the real world. And you mentioned curiosity before, Terry. And I think the right mindset is a research mindset. It's an exploratory Ah. mindset. It's a curious mindset. It's the mindset of life is an experiment. And every single thing I do and every single person I talk to and every single client I work with is an experiment to do what I do a little bit better and a little bit differently because I'm always looking to improve whatever it is that I'm doing. Mm. So the mindset uh, means so much, actually. And I guess maybe we should talk a little bit about the wrong mindset. You mentioned Mm. feelings. And I think the other aspect of the wrong mindset is the idea that you need any one particular gig or media outlet or person or client or anything. Mm. If you go in desperation mode. Exactly. You don't need anyone, but you want everyone. Did you say that? I did say that. That's mm-hmm. you. Yes. Look, it's in my head. I yeah, can't totally. get you out of your head. You don't <laughs> need anyone, but you want everyone. Exactly. I, I said, I don't need any one, right? Those are two oh. separate words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't that's really true. That's key, isn't it? Because you might think, oh God, but this is the only outlet that would ever run me, or this is the only client who ever worked with me. It's just not true. It's not true. And a lot of people think too, oh, it's going to make their lives like, oh, if I get this partnership or if I get this or I get that, it's going to be like, oh, everything's going to blow up. You know, it's going to be so amazing. And oftentimes that doesn't happen. Let me tell you what, I'm going to, I'm going to make everyone's day. I'm going to tell you everything ends at some point. (laughs) There's a beginning, a middle and an end. Well, that's what I'm saying. But if you knew that, you wouldn't go, oh, I hope this lasts forever. This has to be the thing that saves me. 
right? So the idea is that it should help us as we go, but you're not so dependent. So the next thing you say is we need the right strategy. Talk about that. So once you have the right mindset, then you have to know who you're talking to and how you're going to reach them and how you uh, choose the tools that you're going to use to reach them. And you turn that into a bit of a plan. And you can't just do willy-nilly, oh, everyone's doing Instagram now, so I'm going to do Instagram. Because maybe the people (laughs) you're trying to reach are not on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So why would you do it? But I feel like people don't have enough time to think about what they're doing, and they're just reacting to everything. And it's getting more and more frantic, I notice, and it bothers me a lot. So I just kind of react by taking more and more time to sit and think. I love Paula, you know who's not frantic? Elise. Elise is not (laughs) frantic, which is one of the things I love because I try also to not be frantic, but I I totally see myself slipping into into being a little frantic. I (laughs) like to, if I, in my perfect world, everything I do leads with intention. So I have an intention of why am I doing this? What is the outcome going to be? Like I'm very organized about it best laid plans, right? So, but now, uh, I guess when you're out on your own, it's a little bit different Mm -hmm. because I had a lot of structure surrounding what I was doing and now it's sort of like free for all, like I could do anything. (laughs) It doesn't work out. That's the problem though, that we could do everything. We could do anything. There are so many tools that we could use that it's almost impossible. It paralyzes people and they end up doing nothing. Yeah, exactly. Well, what about some of those tools? What, What should we be doing? How should we be going about this? So, I mean, it really does depend on what you're pitching and to whom, but my three favorite tools are networking, email, and content marketing. Mm. So networking, because that's where you meet people in person, face-to-face, you make a real impression as opposed to these really ephemeral impressions that get made over Mm -hmm. social media or online, you make a real impression, and then you use email to follow up as a personal follow-up, but also as a way to stay in touch with people on an ongoing basis, because that's you pushing your message to them so that you get a little bit more mental real estate every single time. And that makes them feel like they know you so that when the timing is right, then the connection is made and they know how to find you and they can reach out to you quite easily. And content marketing adds to that because that's the way that you show what you know, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, email, that's that's pretty interesting. So after a networking event, then you're going to follow up with people via email, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and LinkedIn, by the way. And LinkedIn. I know you're big. I want to talk about LinkedIn later because I know you've got a whole strategy when it comes to LinkedIn. Um, But the idea, and I remember you saying this once before, of um, even following up with people who have showed some sort of interest in maybe what you do or working with you or whatever, what is your approach to the follow-up? Because a lot of times that's that's where business comes from a lot of times is the follow-up and people do not follow through on that. Business owners don't. Most people don't follow up. It amazes me. (laughs) Of all the people that I meet, very few actually follow up. And I don't understand why, but I think that people talk themselves out of it or they just don't realize how important it is. So, But the approach is really um, say something personal, say something relevant, refer to whatever it is connection that you made when you met them in the first place, and then plant the seed of, if you need something now, let's talk. You make an offer, you open up that offer to them, or, but you don't put any pressure and you say, or if not, I'll stay in touch via email. Mm -hmm. That's it. 
That's it. But and do you add you people? Do them, you don't add them to your list automatically, your list. You ask them if you can add them. What's your strategy? That's my subtle way of asking. I say, uh, I'll follow up by email unless I hear from you otherwise. But is that the same as putting them on your list? Yes, it is. Oh, really? Yes, mm. it is. She's very tricky. I don't That's know. That's very tricky. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we don't live in Canada. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's like a tricky thing because I've met people and they just put me right on their list without asking. They take my card and they opt me in. And that bothers me because I don't do that. To, I don't do the people. But you're saying you have a connection with someone. It's, it's the people you have a connection with. And if you feel uncomfortable doing it, then my suggestion is at the event, say, oh, great. Thanks for your card. I'm going to stay in touch with my email newsletter. I hope you don't mind. No one would say no to that. Mm-hmm. Especially when you mm-hmm. met them in person. Exactly. Uh, now, if you look, we know the face-to-face thing is not easy, but if you, once you've had a few wins where you make, have a few nice conversations, you have a few people you stay in touch with, you realize, wow, this is really a big opportunity. But as you know, more than anyone, we are meeting more and more people digitally and sometimes they're never in front of them. And so this whole thing, this is where I want to get into the LinkedIn thing a little bit, is that, you know, we also need to know how to connect to people whom we've never shared the same room with. How do you approach that? When you don't have like, hey, remember that horrible wine man the other night? You don't have that. Well, that's where the content comes in really handy, I think, and where you have to demonstrate what you know. And this is basically about um, showing what you know and talking about what you do in a way that uh, emphasizes results and the effect and what people are going to get out of it as opposed to, do you have any work for me or don't you need me or something like that? Will you please write about me? (laughs) Exactly. Mm. What do you think about um, the LinkedIn thing? I know Paula is like, loves LinkedIn, right? Paula, you connect with people you don't know on LinkedIn. I do, but I'm not as good as Elise. Elise is like Please, power, no power through, power through LinkedIn. Tell us I don't know if that's true. Yeah. I mean, Please, uh, really as, as, <laughs> as you know, and I think I came up with this uh, idea when you interviewed me once a couple of years ago, Terry, but I, uh, I do consider myself to be a LinkedIn slut. In other yes. words, I will, for the most part, accept almost anyone's invitation to connect because I don't see any reason not to. Mm. So that's the first piece of it. Okay. And I also connect with everyone that I think I could be of help to or who I have uh, met somewhere or heard of somewhere. And I just reach out. But I don't uh, take it personally if they don't accept my invitation Uh, Because I know that often people are not really focused on LinkedIn or they kind of go in cycles where they maybe spend a little time or maybe they haven't been on LinkedIn for a while. So it doesn't matter if people don't accept it. And then the content marketing comes in handy too here because you just need to be on there when people are looking so that they find you in your moment of need. And I mean, LinkedIn is constantly changing and it's hard to keep track of what they're doing and what new things there are to do. So that's why I say I'm not necessarily the expert at it, but I do use it because I think it's the place where professionals go to um, be seen. It's like a professional database, basically. So for my market, it's, it's the place I need to be. So what is your approach though, right? I get people all the time who I don't know, um, who link in with me. And I used to be a snob about it, but then I told, then I heard you and you said, no, stop being a snob. So I said, fine. So now I've opened the floodgates, right? Right. Um, But I'm not as good at then reaching out to those people to get to know them. People never really 
I mean, sometimes they'll try to pitch me or something because they think I still work at Fox. But um, mm-hmm. what is your approach then? I've, I've now gotten somebody who um, came to me and, and wants to link in. I don't know them. I say yes. And then what should I do? Well, I, I like to take it off of LinkedIn from there, if possible, because I think there has um, it has evolved into this place where someone connects with you and then they make you some kind of offer or they try yeah. to get you to do something. That's happening more and more. And I really am only looking for people that I really think I can help. And so um, I actually don't, I only link with people so that we can be connected and then I try to reach them through normal email and other channels if I really want to talk to them and make an offer. You know what I got? I got an offer like someone, and I'll pretty much accept most people too. I mean, like most people just hit connect and then they think they have this network. Right. And as you know, if you don't feed it, it's not real anyway. But some guy uh, reached out to me and and I went to respond to it and said, hit accept on this invite only if you're ready to ramp up your bottom <laughs> Oh, up. yeah. Very aggressive. Right. So aggro. He was like, only accept this if you're going to do these things. I'm like, you've just solved my problem for me. I am not. Because like, what? don't turn, don't pitch me cold when I don't even know you. Like, No, but here's the key to pitching, I think, which is that you have to know what people need and then pitch them exactly what they need to hear. And that requires a lot of research. You can't have the same pitch right. for everyone. Mm, that has to be tailored. Yeah. That's the problem and that goes the for everything, for media, everything. For, everything. for clients, right? So you, so how much time and effort do you take really in that like research part? As much as it needs. It is the mm-hmm. most important thing to do. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I think that um, people respond when they know that they're not getting a mass message, basically, yeah. when they know and they can tell that you're a human being and you've done your homework and you really genuinely have something to offer them. And if you don't, then you shouldn't be reaching out to them in the first place. Right. It doesn't make any sense then. That's it not- It's like, am I worth the effort? What you're saying to someone when you've done some research, like if someone writes me on LinkedIn and says, I read this, I like this article. Well, now you're talking to me as opposed mm-hmm. to the masses. That's kind of why I rail against the term elevator pitch anyway, because it sounds like anyone who walks into that elevator, you're going to give them the same spiel. And no, but you shouldn't. You should possible. give them, you should tailor Different. it to each person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's very true. I mean, we talk a lot about um, also media, right? Obviously reaching out to media and treating each person like a person, like a person. Yeah. <laughs> Cause we're people. And so often we are not treated that way. We're just, right. you know, the gatekeepers we're way to get in and that's all it really is. Mm-hmm, um, right. But one of the things that you do really well, and I want to um, talk about this when we come back from the break is being your own producer, creating your own media, doing all this content marketing that we're talking about, you're a content machine. And so after the break, we're going to really dig in on that and how you keep coming up with ideas because you're, you're really, really great at this. Yeah. We want to pick your brain about it. So our guest, Elise Benin, uh, will stick with us after the break and she will share some of her ways to keep your own content and pitches very inspired. You're listening Mm -hmm. to lights, camera expert, unleash your expertise. We'll be right back. Imagine for a minute what it would be like to step onto the set of a show that you've been watching forever or see your name in a magazine you actually read. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? 
Well, here's the secret. Those experts you see on TV and in magazines aren't smarter than you. They just know how to get the media to pay attention. And it's something you can learn. I'm Paula Rizzo. And I'm Terry Gispicio. And we've been behind the scenes at major media outlets for years, booked thousands of guests, and have been featured ourselves on TV, radio, and everywhere else. We know how this works. We'll show you how to crack the media code, craft your pitch, and crush it on air. Get our free video course, How to Be a Media Magnet. You'll learn how the media thinks and how to pitch your idea so you get booked. You have something to say, and the world is ready to hear it. Go to BeAMediaMagnet.com to get our free course. That's BeAMediaMagnet.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472-5788. Reach us by email at info at lightscameraexpert.co. Now back to this week's show. Welcome back. I'm Terry Gispicio, joined with Paula Rizzo, who I wouldn't, do, I wouldn't do anything without her, basically. Uh, so here we are. Together. Here we are. So our guest is Elise Bennon known as the marketing mentor. We've been talking about pitching herself to people and how her favorite ways to do it, at least you said, is networking, email, and content marketing. Talk to us a little bit about your approach to content as part of a business plan. Because a lot of people think it's just a free thing I don't have time to do. Content is basically how you show what you know so that you attract the people that you can pitch to who are already primed. Mm. All right. Mm-hmm. Already I'm just primed. trying to be okay. practical and simple here, right? Not too well, that is times. your forte. <laughs> yes, I like it. <laughs> but what you're saying, and, and you're saying is it's a way to show what you know. That means it's not an extra if I have time, I'll write a blog. Because no, it's busy, really right? important. I mean, people search the internet when they need help. And if they can find you and your content that positions you perfectly so that they come to your website and say, this is exactly who I need. That's my goal. When people That's come to goal. my website, yeah. this is exactly who I need. Now, can you talk us through a little bit of the process there? Because I know that sometimes I'd be like, that would be great to write about next. And I wouldn't do it. So <laughs> how, do you, how do you make, how do you create this as part of your regular week? Well, actually, um, lately, I've been writing on Sundays. Oh, In fact, okay. I was probably the only person not watching the Super Bowl yesterday and writing <laughs> instead, because when no one is bothering me, that's when I, I need time. I am kind of an introvert, I guess, because I need time to think and to connect ideas. And I want my content to be high quality. So I really need to take the time to do it. So that, for me, is what I do on the weekends. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do. And then and so then I start lots of little things so that when it's time to put a blog post up, it's 
almost ready and I can just finish it up and post it. So what do you mean? Is there like notes? You already you have an editorial calendar. Do you have a bunch of documents with notes in them? Like, I'm just curious. How do you know? I, I literally start three different blog posts in the software. You know, I basically start the blog posts uh, every week on a Sunday and then I'll get them to their almost finished state. They're not notes. They're text, you know, that's just needs to be kind of polished and maybe add some links to it. So you'll start three on a Sunday. You'll write three blog posts. See, this is why we can't compete with this woman because (laughs) (laughs) she's doing three when you're thinking of doing one. But what about your your inspiration for these things? And I mean, the inspiration uh, just this week came from something you and Terry uh, were chatting about. That's right. So, I mean, maybe Terry, I'll I'll tee it up and then you can tell the story so you can tell as much of it as you want to. And then I'll say how it turned into a blog post. But the idea is because a lot of people say, oh, I have nothing to write about. Why would anyone want to hear what I have to say? And I think that is BS, total BS. (laughs) And really the reality is all you have to do is listen to what people ask questions about, listen to what they want to know more about. And those are your blog posts post. Answer the questions people are asking you. That's your content. That's all you have to do. That's the key because you think, I can't think of anything. It's really like, just turn the dial. You don't have to. Right. Right. I became one of the dials, one of the channels on the dial because I had a question for Elise about a a client of mine that we were talking about putting ourselves into a retainer situation as opposed to just project by project. And I had a question about it. And I, I said, I wrote to Elise and I said, what do you think? Like, uh, is this a good, uh, I don't know. I mean, here's what I think. Here's, I gave her all the information I had about what I thought it was worth, what I thought it could be. Elise basically said, double it and goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, but, 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 and she's like, you're being emotional. You really need to just do it. <laughs> and I followed your advice, right? Yes. And it worked. And it worked. And it worked. I got what I asked for. I got exactly what I asked for. The key is that you helped me ask for the right thing. Uh, And then Paula edited my email and then that was how it went. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's very (laughs) long-winded. Imagine that. (laughs) And then I said, Terry, can I turn this into a blog post? Right. Right. And then you had content for the week. Exactly. And that's it. But you didn't have to go write a whole history. It sounds like work, but you just wrote it right as it, that's it. It wasn't even. That as it way. happens. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, at least talk to us a little bit about primed versus not yeah. primed, because you mentioned that before. So give okay. us a little insight there. So I think one of the reasons people have so much trouble with pitching is because they think they're going to have to persuade or convince someone of working with them or needing something or buying into something that they really don't want. And they're not going to be able to do it. So um, my strategy, the content marketing strategy has more to do with attracting the people who are primed and ready to hear about what you have to sell so that you don't have to do any pitching basically. And, Mm -hmm. and, And it works really beautifully. And I have to say, I've been getting better at it these last couple of years for some reason. I don't exactly know why, but more and more, the people who actually come to me are people I feel very confident and qualified that I can help. And I don't get the crap anymore. And I think that's part of what the big challenge is, sorry, um, (laughs) for. (laughs) So that's like a content filter. You filtered people mm-hmm. directly tied ah, You're like qualifying content? them. Yes. I'm qualifying with my content, basically. Really? Mm-hmm. Isn't that kind of fascinating? What, well, what made the switch, though, there, Elise? Because you said recently it's been better. What was, yeah. the diff- what was the turning point? 
I think it's that when I blog, when I do my podcasts, when I'm a guest on someone else's podcast, I make sure to use the language, the pain language, basically, that I think clients are going to resonate with and identify with and then realize because I'm talking about it, I can help with that. Mm, Isn't that funny? She's using it to broad. Her content becomes almost like the bat signal for business. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's like a good way to think of it. Flashing it out there across the <laughs> skyline, being like, this is what I'm looking for. Yeah. And this is what you need. It, it's a very nice mutual thing there because you're giving something. You're not just asking for business. You're giving something, mm-hmm. but you're attracting the people who most who most need it, Paula, it's like she's being dropped off at the top of the mountain instead of starting at the bottom every time, which is what- To hike do. on up. Yeah, right, Get starting up from there. zero. Why? Mm-hmm. Why would we start? There's Elise just, boop, just dropping down the top of the mountain. Right. Here I am. <laughs> Let's go. Pitching. Let's do it. Um, it's true though. But I mean, Elise, there are there is rejection. There's, you know, people who don't get back to you, that kind of stuff. How do you handle wait, that? Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Can we, let me say something else before you ask me that question. Sure. Okay. Because I think okay. that, I think, that the biggest problem, the reason this works is because when you focus on the pain, then you're focused on the other person. And the biggest uh-huh. mistake I people I see people making when they pitch is that they're too focused on themselves and they yes. feel like they have to talk about themselves. I'm not talking about me. I'm not telling you anything about what I do. When we do the free mentoring session, when you're ready to sign up for that, I will tell you what I do and I will tell you how much it costs. But until mm-hmm. then, you don't need to know. You only need to know that I get your pain and I know exactly right. how to solve it. I hear what you're doing and what mm-hmm. you right, what you're going through. And this is how I then I can help you if you do need that. But it's, mm-hmm. it's not about that initially. That's a good, that's a good way to flip it. Yeah. Um, okay. What about the, I never heard back? <laughs> <laughs> right. right. So when you pitch to the media or when you pitch to a prospect, whether they're primed or not, frankly, I think, um, I, and when I mentor people or coach them through this process, often they come back to me and they say, well, I reached out to that person and they never got back to me. And it's mm. like, okay, that was a week ago. <laughs> right. Calm down. So, and I, so I say, Calm yes, down, they haven't fine. responded to you yet. But but to me, what's very revealing is the fact that they say they never got back to me because that means they're thinking about it in the wrong way, basically. Oh. That reveals their mindset. And it says mm. they don't understand that these things take time, that there's really no such thing as rejection. There's people mm. being too busy and not prioritizing you until they're ready to prioritize you. I don't want to talk to anyone until they're ready to talk to me, frankly. That's so true. There's no such thing as rejection, just delayed gratification. (laughs) I love that. Delayed gratification. I have a very practical question for you on the follow-up and and keeping track of these people who you want to you know, Mm -hmm. um, get back to. Do you have a spreadsheet? How do you keep track of them? Uh, I... As you know, I put everyone on my list to get the quick tips from Marketing Mentor. That's where I uh, send out my best content, frankly. That Mm -hmm. is like what's top of mind. It's what's not anywhere else in my content machine. And so I make sure that I stay in touch with everyone that way. And then when there are people that I want to stay in touch with because we've done the free consultation and they said, yeah, I want to move ahead, but I don't hear from them yet, then I basically just make an appointment with myself in my calendar Mm-hmm. And I and I do have a simple spreadsheet where I'm keeping track of these people, but but it's not a big deal. I think too many people make a huge ordeal out of it, and it really doesn't need to be all that complicated. You just have your list of people that are your your best leads, and you stay on top of them. 
And by stay on top of them, what do you do? You just email them and say, hey, what's happening? You poke them a little? shows up at their house. (laughs) (laughs) I poke them a little. I say, you know, here's a little content that's relevant to what we were talking about, or I'm still here if you're ready, or how are you doing with that thing we talked about? You know, you, you make it kind of this combination of just timely and relevant. And really, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be personalized. It's just a little poke, you know, How as you're far? Like from the initial talk and they go, well, I don't know. And it depends later or it depends. I mean, I always ask them uh, when they think they're going to be ready or how long they want before they make a decision. And so I just keep track of that. And that's where I make the appointment with myself to follow mm-hmm. up. But, you know, but the fact that they're on my list and they're getting my quick tips means that no matter what, they're going to hear from me. This right. is the thing so you'll be around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the thing I always said about Elise is like, she's taught me that you know, don't write people off right away. Ever. Yeah. It's all about the slow burn, the slow yeah. simmer. That there's people on her back burner who it may take a year to five years and then they come around. Sometimes mm. longer. Longer wow. than five years. And then they yes. become clients. Are you like, these are a bunch of tire kickers. They're just take, here to get the free stuff. I never take anyone off the list. And I don't care if the, all they want is the free stuff because they could pass my name along to someone else. Yeah, that's true. It's a right. good it's a good way. What about um, your new course? You have a creative live course called yeah. Don't Get Pushed Around. I love that. <laughs> I actually have two new creative live courses. Cool. One is Don't Get Pushed Around. It's... Um, an introvert's guide to getting what you need at work. Mm. And it starts with the idea of confidence and how you develop self-confidence. And then it talks very practically about networking and, you know, how to do these things from an introvert's point of view, essentially. Mm -hmm. And then, in fact, today, my other new Creative Live course launched. It's called What to Say When, Tips and Tricks, Tips, sorry, Tips and Scripts for Tricky Situations at Work. Ooh, I like that. And it's like, like such sticky stuff. How can you yeah. not want everything that she comes mm-hmm. up with? <laughs> and these are like three-minute scenarios. All right, here's what happened. And here are four different ways to approach how you respond to it. It was really fun to do. And uh, I think it's going to be – I hope it's going to be popular and helpful to people. So uh, that's one of the things I'm most excited about right now. Well, you've had a very successful partnership with Creative Live. Like you wouldn't yes. go out there and do that. I mean, those are big courses, mm-hmm. big commitment of your time. Time, yeah. um, and they obviously are a good form for you. But did we say she was a content machine? Yeah. It's like while she's doing these blogs, she's also flying out to San Francisco <laughs> to film these like days long workshops. And you clearly love what you do, Elise, and we love it. We love, we think you're incredibly generous with all the content you put out into the world for free. Thank you. Yes, I love doing it. True. And I really feel like it's, it's what attracts people to me at the right moment. So why not? Mm-hmm. That's true. And, and so not. people can find out about the Creative Live course and your tips at marketing-mentor.com. Yes. Perfect. But you also have a new site for just- No, that's not a new site, actually. That is just a direct link to sign up for the quick tips. Which is marketing-mentortips.com. And that's where we can find out, get on her list, get the tips, mm-hmm. get everything. This woman is giving it away giving away the store. It's terrific. Well, Lise, thank you so much for being on the show. You can find out all of that at marketing-mentor.com. Thanks for joining us today. If this sounds like fun to you and you're wondering how you can get in on all this media action and go bigger with your brand and business, we've got a gift for you, Paula. It's a freebie. Get ready. We created a video course to show you how media can help you and be interested in what you have to say. All you have to do is go to beamediamagnet.com 
and you'll get instant access. That's beamediamagnet.com. And until next week, I'm Paula Rizzo. And I'm Jerry Gispicio. And you do have something to say, and the world is ready to hear it. Thank you for joining us for Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel for another edition of the show featuring your hosts, Paula Rizzo and Terry Trespicio. We'll talk again next week.